studio with Christine Bentley and you are listening to what she said right here on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you as always by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. Unexpected, unscripted, and unforgettable. No, we're not talking about <laughs> ourselves. We are referring to the Monster Jam, which races into the Scotiabank Arena from June 21st to the 23rd. And get this, two of the six drivers competing are women, and they will both be in studio today to tell us about what people can expect and, Christine, why it took 35 years to put a woman in the seat of one of the most iconic trucks in Monster Jam, the Grave Digger. Have you ever been to a Monster Jam? No, I don't. Well, maybe, no, maybe when, when uh, the boys, Matthew and Jordan were young. Were young? I covered one. I reported on one, but that Those, was yeah. a long time ago. Big, 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 big trucks. Big, yes, I think trucks. so. Yes. Now, according to a new survey from PC Financial MasterCards, Canadians said they redeemed $343 worth of points in the last year and are holding on to $832 worth of loyalty points. Why? Personal <laughs> finance expert Barry Choi is going to share why loyalty programs have become so popular and why you need to use those points. And I'm I'm interested. I think people want to kind of keep them just in case. I Every time they ask me, they say, you know, you've got, you know, $10 in points, $15 in points. You Do use you want it. To, I use it. It's yeah. just like, sure, why not? So that I know I'm not wasting them. You know, should I get hit by a bus or something? <laughs> you can leave them to somebody, I think. <laughs> what she said, lifestyle expert Lena Almeida has tips to help combat the effects of air travel. And we are also going to tell you about the Journey to Conquer Cancer Run or Walk, which is a grassroots event that brings thousands of people together each year uh, to run or walk in support of life-saving cancer research at the Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Now, this year, it, they are branching out and Sunday, June 23rd, in Vaughan, there is a walk. We're going to tell you all about that. Now, also on today, children's author Medea Kalantar will be here to tell us about her series called Honey Cake, which sends a strong message about diversity and acceptance. And we will also have the latest movie and TV reviews with film critic Ann Brody in Saturday Night at the Movies. So stay tuned and don't forget, please follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and do visit our website at whatshesaidtalk.com where you can watch videos, read guest blogs, and you can also download our free Apple podcast. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. 
Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Unexpected, unscripted, and unforgettable. Monster Jam races into the Scotiabank Arena from June 21st to the 23rd. And get this, two of the six drivers competing are women. And joining us in studio now is Kristen Anderson, the first ever female driver of the fan favorite truck Gravedigger and daughter of the Gravedigger creator and driver Dennis Anderson, as well as Cynthia Gauthier, the first female Canadian Monster Jam driver ever. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Okay, so this is this is a, sh- a show of, of many firsts. The first time Monster Jam is playing in Toronto in June. And Kristen, this will be your first time competing in Toronto. Now, for people who have never been to a Monster Jam, tell us what they can expect. Well, I always tell people that if you've actually never seen a monster truck in person, then it really doesn't give it any justice. I mean, you can see them on YouTube, you can see them on TV, you can see them on social media, but if you really want to come out and see a monster truck in all of its glory, I think you really have to come out and see it live. They're huge. They're 12,000 pounds. They have 1,500 horsepower. They have a huge 66-inch tall BKT tire on them, and they're just larger than life. If you've never really seen one, you have to come to an arena, to a smaller arena and actually get up close and personal with these trucks and feel how loud they are and see how big they are. So it's unlike any other show you'll ever see. And it is family friendly, right? Yes. Yes, really. We have it all ages. I mean, sometimes we are just like big kids like us and like it's for anybody. There's action from beginning to the end. And it's the first time for us coming to the arena. I actually compete five years ago at the stadium. So for me to do the arena, it's really excited because we in that specific tour, we actually raced three different vehicles. We raced the ATV, we raised the Speedster, and the Monster Jam truck. So you actually have to be good in all those three vehicles to get the points. So I understand that, it, as we mentioned, it took 35 years to put a woman in the seat uh, you know, of one of the most iconic trucks in Monster Jam. But, but you two want to change people's minds about what they think a grave digger driver should look like. Tell us about that. I, I do. For so long, it was always my dad, and my dad is six three. He's got a big handlebar mustache, and my brothers, <laughs> my brothers are not. They look very similar to my dad. It's always been the same kind of look, like a big burly man driving grave digger. And my very first year, I started out as a nineteen year old girl. I'm small, How short tall blonde hair, five seven. Yeah, that's a, that's not, tall, a, not the shortest yeah. girl, but you can reach not the, the tallest. I can reach the pedals. <laughs> tall enough to reach the pedals, absolutely. And I think it kind of took a lot of people by surprise because for so long, 35 years, it was the same image all the time. And so it was kind of cool to bring like a fresh new face to Gravedigger. And I, I got lots of mixed reactions when I had first started. A lot what of happened? people, well, a lot of people would just would be like, uh, they would come up in the autograph line and they'd be like, well, where's the driver? You know, because they're so used to seeing Here, my dad. Uh, and I'm like, um, me, I was the one driving. And That's d- me. did you get like stunned looks on people's faces or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, still, I mean, still, even after driving for three years, I'm sure any female can yeah, attest to what we, we have. Yeah, they, they still get very, oh, yeah. very shocked when they see. They're like, are you just a model, like signing? I'm like, no, oh, I'm actually the so driver. Insulting. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think they, they meant to say that. They're just kind of like 
confused because it, we're such like a new generation. It's exactly, new for yeah. the sport to have so many women in a motorsport. I actually, on the plane here to Toronto, I sat down next to a, a gentleman and he was like trying to make conversation with me. He goes, so what are you doing on your way to Toronto? Are you going for modeling or makeup or something? <laughs> and I said, uh, no, actually I drive monster trucks. And he goes, what? And I was like, yeah, I drive monster trucks. I race monster trucks like competitively, but thanks. Like that's yeah. flat- very flattering. Yeah. Well, He's I'm probably thinking, oh, she could have just said no. I don't yeah. want to talk to you. Yeah. 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 What about within the, within the industry, the business? Um, was there any negative when you started? Cause that was uh, five years five ago. Years yeah. Ago? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, It changed a little bit. At first, it was we were less women in the sport, uh, but I I can see the change. I can see more uh, women coming to the show, not because they're coming because of their brother or because of their husband. They're actually coming. It's like ladies' night, and they're coming cheering for the lady and having a blast. So I really I'm really seeing a change, and it's kind of funny because there's kind of like a promotion the last couple months about there's no shame of you know, taking care of yourself and putting makeup, but still like to play in the mud. You know I mean? You can do both. It doesn't matter. Like you don't need to be like a really tomboy to race, you know, like motocross or anything. Like you can curl your hair. It doesn't matter, but you can still be the guys on the track. You know what I mean? I hate to quote another advertiser, but it's only crazy till you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I understand you recently won the first ever high jump competition at the 2019 World Finals. Congratulations. Thank you. Like it was a it was really great and it was really inspire I think for a lot of people because sometimes we get that comment of like oh you won because because the fans judge so sometimes we'll say well you're female so maybe you know you got more favorite you know out there but this competition was actually everybody was hitting the same ramp pretty much the same truck uh the same distance it was all about your driving skill and your crew guy you know, setting up the truck for what you were doing. So uh, I really came on top and like won the competition. And I think I deserve it all the way. And it was a lot of fun. I almost felt like I was going to do a backflip because I went so high. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, the crowd was into it, almost a sold out crowd in Orlando. So uh, hopefully next year I can I can go again to get the title again. You know what I'd like to know, though? My my children don't even think I should be on the road in a car. Reason, but <laughs> yeah, but you, dri- you, the- you used to drive a Suburban. You like a big vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> but what what is it? What is the training like for, uh, for this? I mean, it's not like driving a car. Uh, in, honestly, in the past, so when my dad and my brothers first started, there was no training. They went and they learned. You made mistakes in front of live audiences at shows. You kind of learn as you go. But now Monster Jam has started investing in what they call Monster Jam University. And I actually got to be a part of that program where we go to a private facility and we put in so many hours of work on, in the Monster Jam truck, in the ATVs, and in the speedsters before we actually perform in front of a live audience. So I had trained for almost two months before I'd actually perform for my very first live audience in 2017, January. Two months. I'd be asking for two years. Twelve yeah. <laughs> These are twelve thousand pound machines, though. How how different is it than a a regular? You car? cannot compare it to anything no? out there because it's all custom. Everything's custom about it, and it's just unique because what people doesn't know is you're actually driving separately the front wheel to the back wheel. So you're actually have a your 
left hand on the front steering to steer the front tire, and you have a joystick for the back wheel, the rear the rear wheel. So it's really weird. Like I can't even pat my head and rub my stomach <laughs> yeah. at the same time. There's like, no way. <laughs> like Kristen says about like how it felt to yeah, drive. Yeah, it's it's for. I tell people all the time that the only thing I could honestly compare driving a monster truck to would kind of like being in a UFC fight. Like there is a lot of things yeah. coming at you at once. You have your left hand steering the steering wheel, your right hand steering the rear wheels. You have your left foot on the brake, your right foot on the gas, and you also have to keep in mind about your shifter too. We use the shifter so much during the show. So you're like a one man band in there running all the instruments yeah. so what, what is going through your mind when you're doing backflips and racing at speeds of up to what 70 miles an hour yeah i mean the adrenaline rush is intense and it's intense for the fans too from the beginning to the end but i would say like i'm trying to keep it calm out there and just try to you know keep the truck on four wheel and try to do some cool thing that's why i started doing yoga to it kind of help me to keep it calm in the yeah. truck mm-hmm. <laughs> well, when did you um, when, yeah right when did you, when did you realize that you this is what you wanted to do yeah i mean i've watched my dad exactly my brothers my whole entire life i'm only 22 years old and my dad has been grave digger for almost 40 years so i fell in love with motorsports a long time ago anything that has a lot of horsepower a big blower motor on it big muscle car a monster truck or something always gives me goosebumps so i fell in love with the sport a very long time ago what about you uh, i would say it's like kind of like a dream that i did not know i had like it's rare that in high school you're like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a monster janitor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I actually studied to be in accounting. I did my whole university. Mm-hmm. And um, I it was just something was not normal for me to be in the office. You know, I was just, I had too much energy and I love racing. So I just followed my dream, moved in the United States, met people in the monster jam industry. And I was pushing to have another Canadian driver because I'm, I'm the only female Canadian driver. So I push a lot, made it happen. And now it's been five years and I'm not okay. looking back. <laughs> Well, it looks like it is going to be an absolutely awesome show. And and we're very grateful because we have two pairs of tickets to give away to Ooh. the opening night of Monster Jam. That's Friday, June 21st at 7 p.m. So you can find the contest up now. It's on whatshesaidtalk.com. And there are tickets available on Ticketmaster or through monsterjam.com, yes. I guess. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm... One more quick question. Do you wear ear protection? Because it's loud. I would suggest that the crowd actually bring ear protection for small <laughs> okay. children. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, we don't particularly wear ear protection, but we've been around it for a very long time. But for small children and sensitive ears, I would definitely bring some ear protection. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? 
we found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Medea Kalantar. She's a Reiki master and practitioner and the author of a new children's book series called Honey Cake, which is exactly what she is here to tell us all about today. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm so honored and grateful to be here. Oh, this <laughs> We're is happy a, to have you. Yeah, this Thank is you. such a fantastic um, idea because the first book in the series is called Honey Cake, A Family of Spices. That's right. And it introduces readers to a diverse multicultural family that is full of love. So I know what inspired you to write this and I'm looking at it right now. So you tell our listeners what what's going on here. Absolutely. So last June, my daughter Shanaz um, told me she was pregnant and I was so elated and excited yeah, that I was going to become a grandmother. So in honor of my grandmother, my baby, I started to bake a honey cake. And when I was making the honey cake, I was thinking of all the different ingredients that go into it. And I was thinking, you know what? you know, this honey cake is just going to be like my future grandchild because I'm from Georgia. My husband's Persian, but Brandon, my daughter's fiance, is Guyanese and Jamaican and Portuguese and Chinese and all these different ethnicities. So Mm -hmm. just like this honey cake that has all these different ingredients of spices and, uh, you know, different um, things in it. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Um, It's just going to be just like my future grandchild. So that's how the title came about. That's how the books came about. And in about five days, I wrote four books and just kept writing. Well, it's great. And I just think it's funny because, I mean, you'll be able to see this um, if you go onto our our What She Said Facebook and stuff where we post it. But um, you included a little girl. Yes. um, And everyone's on the whole family's on the front page. But your daughter had a boy. Yes, she did. Life happens. <laughs> yes, that's right. She did. She had it, a little boy. His name is Lucenzo Calcaraya. We call him Luca, like our little yeah. light baby. Um, yeah, because like Nala, you know, my daughter Shanaz is a big fan of Lion King and I uh, named her Nala. And she kind of looks like my daughter Shanaz when she was little. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so inspired to write these books because there are, aren't very many books out there about multicultural, diverse families. Mm-hmm. And when children go out there and they say, oh, there's books just like my family. I'm a honey cake. I'm a mix a little bit of everything. So, you know, the book showcases diverse multicultural families, but also showcases that this is more than just a recipe. It's a recipe for life that, that, you know, no matter where you come from, what color your skin is, that we're all one, you know, one race. And that's the human race. Uh, So that is really the message that you're trying to get across. Absolutely. Do Do you not think that, have we not got it yet? I don't think so, because if you think about it, like all the negativity that's going on in the world right now, there's still so much, you know, negativity about 
color or diversity or all this is still going on out there. So I thought it was really important because I am a Reiki master and a practitioner, and I'm all about inspiring love and light and inspiring kindness. I always think that, you know, my I say my religion is kindness. I inspired to do kindness. So, you know, I thought how a beautiful way to showcase diversity is mm-hmm. like through the imagination in the book, the grandmother's baking a honey cake with Nala, and then through imagination, she's explaining how each delicious ingredient is representing a different family member with his or her unique ethnic Give us background. an example of one. Of, of what? Of one, of one spice and how, it, oh, how absolutely. you represented it. So like in the book, so she starts off with telling Nala, as you know, I'm from Georgia because I'm the grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. And I pretend I'm the vanilla and your grandfather <laughs> is from Persia. So he's the cinnamon. And then she's like, but your dad is like all kinds of spices. Like he's cloves and he's coffee and he's this and he's that. So she goes, oh my goodness, like all these different, you know, spices. And then I say that Shanaz is honey because she's a mix of me and dad. So that's the honey. That's the beautiful beautiful part of the cake. So yeah, just showing that how beautiful, you know, exotic spices can make humanity. It's just like this cake, you know, we're all different spices. So there is no one ethnicity, you know, we're all mix of everything. Like, right. for instance, like, what's your background, for instance? For me, um, my background, um, I was born in England, but I have Irish, Spanish, okay. and Welsh. So you're yeah. a honey cake, darling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they say it's because I have uh, you know, the brown hair and blue eyes. They, people yeah. tell me that's the Spanish Irish. Yeah. The really? Spanish yeah. pirates accosting <laughs> the young Irish maidens, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I, it seems quite strategic that you, you wanted to get your message through in a children's book, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Because children are quite malleable, and they are Absolutely. they are pretty open and accepting unless they're taught otherwise. Exactly, and that was the most important thing to me because I I never thought I was going to be a writer. I never expected to be a writer. Never learned to be a writer. I didn't. It just kind of came. It to just you. came to me, just like the universe showed me the way, and I felt that this had to be out there. That there's a reason I got these messages. There was a reason I wrote five books because there's a series of books, right? It's not just this is just yeah, the first part of the book. When does the next one come? So out? the next one's coming out in. Two weeks, and okay. it's called uh, "Honey Cake Help I Swallow the Butterfly," and it's a play on words. So Nala goes to school, and she's about to present in class, and um, she just starts and freezes and can't speak, and she starts sweating. And the teacher's like, "It's okay, honey. You just swallowed. You know, you have butterflies in your stomach." So she doesn't understand what that means. So she runs home, and she's like, "Mom, I have butterflies in my stomach." And the mom's explained to her, "It's okay, sweetie. Let's take some deep breaths," and you know, explains to her that it's anxiety and stress. You know, because life is challenging. Any age, so and in comes your Reiki meditation. Exactly, exactly. Mindfulness. Exactly. So the second book's teaching about how to take deep breathing, how to set positive intentions for the day. So mindfulness, meditation. There's a step-by-step instruction how to teach your children how to meditate. That's that's great. Yeah, I want to know though. Is there a recipe? For honey cake, yes, yeah, I'm hungry. So there is, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the end of the book actually has a step by step instruction on how to make your own honey cake. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right oh. there. It's my grandmother's recipe. It's my baby's recipe. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's great. So you t- are saying that this book really is a, a valuable resource for caregivers. Absolutely, because again, it's just showcasing you know multicultural, diverse family, giving positive messages. You know, and baking is a great bonding experience, you know, with any child that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they're also learning valuable lessons, things like, you know, measuring or, 
uh, science, but of course, the main value lesson, like I said, was about humanity, that, you know, we make human beings and you have all these different ingredients. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what color your skin is or where you come from. We are one. And mm-hmm. that's we are all one. We're all humans. And that's all that matters. So what's the third one going to be? Absolutely. So the third book is called Honey Cake, uh, My Special Magical Powers. And it's teaching children the magical powers they have inside by doing random acts of kindness. So we're teaching kindness and compassion, little things like smiling at people or opening the door or saying please and thank you or big things like donating or volunteering your time. So again, we're teaching valuable lessons and always showcasing multicultural, multicultural diversity family. So, and the other thing that I also incorporate in my stories is that it takes a village to change, uh, to raise children. Mm -hmm. So there's always a different family member teaching Nala these valuable lessons. So do you write them and then sort of run them by her to see what the reaction is? Well, Nala's fictional because the the daughter (laughs) had the son. son. (laughs) son. (laughs) No, because I've written the books already. I've written five in four days. Yeah. So why are you delaying the release if they're written? Because I wanted them to, you know, one at a time. First was to showcase, introduce the family and introduce the reason and I call the book Honey Cake the series. Mm-hmm. And then after then slowly introduce all the valuable lessons I want my books to teach. So the second one is teaching about meditation, about dealing with anxiety. Right. The third one is about kindness and compassion. And the fourth one is called uh, The Circles of Trust, so open and honest communication. So teaching the valuable lesson that it takes a long time to build trust mm-hmm. and, you know, with and you can break that trust down very easily with blocks. So there's the imagery of blocks mm-hmm. in there. And the fifth one is called Counting All My Blessings. So let's talk about gratitude, meaning that we always focus on everything, you know, we ha- we don't have. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, focus on everything we do have and be grateful. Like, I have a bed to sleep in. I have food on my table. Right. You know, because everybody always wants more. It's never enough. You know what I mean? So yeah. let's teach children to be grateful. I think this, uh, have you approached school boards about this? Because this would be wonderful. For Absolutely. Us. That's my vision. I really wanted to be in schools and libraries and homes everywhere because I think this is a valuable tool that every school should have. Because actually, I'm at a school tomorrow. Um, they asked me to come in and vice principals and teachers are coming all over asking for these books. So you can find Honey Cake, A Family of Spices. It's available online worldwide yes. on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo, Walmart, or... And this is how I guess people can reach you at honeycakebooks.com. Absolutely. All the links are there as well. All the links are yeah. there to, yes. to go through. Um, yes. So when the next one comes out yes. soon and then the space, is it every couple of months? Or? So I think the third one I'm probably going to release it maybe just before Christmas. Good planning. <laughs> <laughs> Good planning. Well, thank you very much. Yes, this is wonderful. For wonderful. Thank you so today. much for having me. <laughs> What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. 
She said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, joining us now is our lifestyle expert, Lena Almeida. We haven't seen you for a while. I've missed you, Lena. Yeah, I so missed much. you too. And while well, you've been out and about, right? Traveling and airplanes. Traveling. I yeah, turn on Instagram and say, Oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need well, an assistant? I always need an assistant. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, really, you're here today with some tips to help combat the effects of air travel, and, and you would know. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think of an airplane as my second office. <laughs> and it just, I don't know if it's a combination of aging or just the travel is just creeping up there. But this year, for the first time, I'm really focused on how I can take care of myself inside and out mm-hmm. because I'm starting to experience some of the side effects of air travel more and more. So I put together my three best tips and I hope you will love them because I actually I wrote them up and I thought yeah those are great <laughs> so I'm okay. excited to share today so the first is we know that you're supposed to stay hydrated Absolutely. when you anytime you fly and I mean obviously before you get in the air drinking a lot of water is key but sometimes you know we're busy or we're out and about and then we get we get on board and we find ourselves really dehydrated on the plane now short of going to the gift store before you get on board and buying you know a sports drink which which are filled with sugar or mm-hmm. a water i found a little hack that i've been using myself and that is coconut milk powder so we know that coconut water is a natural electrolyte mm-hmm. and in fact there have been studies that show it's actually more effective at replacing lost fluids than a sports drink or even water um And it actually contains less sodium, sugar, and calories than a sports drink while providing more potassium, which helps relieve muscle cramps and spasms, which, hey, economy class syndrome. (laughs) Okay. Question. Yes. What... How do you care? What package does it come on? Because I'm, I'm immediately thinking that a little plastic bag yes. full of coconut milk powder <laughs> would possibly not be a good thing to try no, to sneak it, it through customs. it won't set off a flag at all. Okay, yeah. So the great news is they do actually come in small packets. You can find them in individual packets. But mm-hmm. the actual package that you would buy at a health food store, even Walmart itself, mm-hmm. is very small. So you can keep it in the package, which is what I would suggest. Yes, I yes. would absolutely suggest that. <laughs> yes. And then you know what? Sprinkle it into just regular water that you can ask the flight attendant for, and boom, you are going to be rehydrated in a flash. So forego the sports drinks. If you need hydration, bring some coconut milk powder on board. I can do that. Yes, Number everyone two? can do it. Number two, aromatherapy. Ah, smelling yes. nice. Yeah, well, smelling nice smelling things. Nice <laughs> and healing yourself. So uh-huh. especially when we travel across time zones, the body's natural rhythms are really disrupted. So my favorite essential oils to bring along, and when I say this, we're going to be talking about inhaling now, but of course if you mix it with a carrier oil, some people like to use it on the skin or massage, but specifically for inhaling while on flight, peppermint. So it promotes a clear mm. head. I use that for mm-hmm. migraines. Yes, it definitely can help stave off an after-flight mm-hmm. headache that I normally get. Um, it calms the stomach and it can actually relieve some of the nausea that that can be found with air travel as well. Lavender oil during the flight. If you're an anxious traveler, mm-hmm. it'll help relax you, but also after your flight. So sometimes it's hard to get that good night's sleep the first day after travel. So you want to either put a few drops under your pillow or inhale it to help you sleep. And then, of course, eucalyptus or tea tree oil. Those are 
are naturally antibacterial. And if we talk about planes, there's just a little bit of bacteria on planes. <laughs> so it could definitely yes. help mm. when you inhale it. It's a natural antiseptic. So it can keep those, uh, those airways clean as well. And then my third and final tip, which I actually is my best tip. It's my favorite bio oil dry skin gel. It is definitely my miracle in a jar. And I mean, we've all heard of bio oil, Mm -hmm. right? So it's had a cult following Mm -hmm. for decades. And in fact, the dry skin gel is the brand's only new product in over 30 years. So what that tells me is that when they do something well... They, you know, they they perfect it, but then they won't release a product unless they're sure it is absolutely as amazing. So I'm actually going to pass the dry skin gel over to you because I want you to feel it and smell it. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to tell you a bit about it. So the composition of the product is what really sets it apart from any other moisturizing product like a cream or lotion. So it's actually made with very little water, only 3% as compared to 70%, which is, you know, the standard for creams and lotions. And having more oil means it's actually packed with more active ingredients. And so why is 3% important? Well, our skin actually has a layer that repels water. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, water is of no use to dry skin. So the oil-based formulation is actually much more effective (laughs) as it locks in moisture. And you're noticing now that a little goes a A very, you should have warned us. jar will last me a year. That, a year or more. It's nice or more. Yeah. yeah it's so and what do you think of the smell? It's I don't it's smell it, it's pleasant it's not uh, I haven't been able to to narrow down what, what it is. Yeah, it's pleasant. I feel it's a bit floral, a bit fruity. I just I'm, I'm getting a full full arm massage over your, here. Your arms are going to be moisturized for yeah, days. You're going to love it. Go into my knees here. So, I can wipe off my knees. <laughs> I'm not going near your knees. <laughs> Even though no, this it's is fabulous. Packed, yeah, it's because you always come off a plane Feeling, dry. Yeah. And wanting to wash your hair. Well, this is going to be your rescue remedy. Okay. Where do you get it? You're going to get it at drugstores, Walmart, Rexall, Shoppers Drug Mart. And it comes in 50 mil, 100 mil, which is great for carry-ons, or 200 mil, which you're going to keep at home. Okay. Have you got all this? Where can people go to learn more? They can go to BioOil's website. Okay. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. According to a new survey from PC Financial MasterCard, Canadians said they redeemed $343 worth of points in the last year, but they're holding on to $832 worth of loyalty points. I'm not sure why. So joining (laughs) us now is personal finance expert Barry Choi to share tips on why loyalty programs have become so popular and why you need to use those points. We're saying, um, Christine and I were talking before that... I every time they say you've got some points, do you want to mm-hmm. do you want to cash them in? I go yes, <laughs> as you should, right? Uh, okay, that's what I thought. Who, who doesn't like, like points? Yeah, I like points. Free stuff. Right? Take yeah. 10, 20 bucks off my bill. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting thing, right? You know, everyone's got loyalty programs these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is kind of self-explanatory. They want you to be loyal. And the tricky thing is people don't realize that not all loyalty programs are the same. Some are better than others. Um, there are some where like, hey, yeah, join our loyalty program. When you look at it, all, is, all it really does is track your transactions. 
So how does that benefit you? It benefits them. Yes, I have noticed that. I have wondered why. It's a, it's a fairly popular store, which I will not name. But I'm like, why am I carrying this card around in my wallet? Because I think it extends the time I can return That's it. the clothes. That's it. Right. Yeah. But they've got all your data about what you're shopping yes. for. So they can blast you with the emails. Hey, there's sale on these things that you bought in the past. So why don't you come back? But you don't mm-hmm. get any discounts or points. So to me, it's like, that is not a good deal. That is not <laughs> a good loyalty program. I'm giving you my stuff for free. Right? <laughs> Yeah. So why aren't people redeeming points? Uh, You know, I think it really depends. Like, you know, some people just don't realize the value of their points, and that's totally understandable. Uh, You know, a good example is my dad collected points ever since he came to Canada. We're talking about 40 years worth of points, and all he's ever told me is how he's redeemed his, you know, uh, car washes. Uh, So I don't doubt for a second that he's just hanging on all these points. He just doesn't (laughs) understand what the value is for. Uh, like you, you just said, it's, it's getting better these days where the stores will ask, hey, do yes. you want to redeem your points? Uh, because then they can see real value. But that's good on their side too because they're reminding people that, hey, you keep coming back to us and you can redeem points. So sometimes it's up to the merchants to kind of remind people. Uh, but at the same time, it's also kind of in their best interest to not redeem if you think about it because then mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you don't have to give right. up free stuff. Right? Do you think there's also an aspect here where sometimes it's so complicated that people don't understand that, exactly what they're earning and how they redeem. And Yeah, so that's a good point. That's what really makes a good loyalty program when you really think about it. Uh, PC Optimum is a big one right now uh, because everyone— It's my favorite. I, I mean, I've got to say that it's— It's my favorite. It's yeah. gas, yeah, groceries, yeah. So, and, so that's the, and the drugstore, which just, has everything. That's earning and redeeming, right? So that's mm. the nice thing. So people understand right away that, hey, you know what? If I collect 10,000 points, I can claim $10. Pretty straightforward. Uh, you get in-store targeted offers, or if you've got the credit card, you can earn more points. Uh, but what people also love is the legacy programs. You know, Shoppers Drug Mart still has those events where, hey, if you save 50,000 points, we'll give you $85 worth of redemption, which is actually $35 more. So like you said, it's really about understanding uh, what your points are worth. Obviously, if you collect travel points, Sometimes the big redemptions are worth more than, than the smaller ones, but it also could depend on where you're flying to, which hotel you're staying at. So mm-hmm. there's so many variables in play where it's kind of weird. You, where you really got to understand the fine print so you know what you're getting value for. I think the the reason that uh, Optimum is a favorite is because if you happen to like Loblaws mm-hmm. and those those brands and shoppers mm-hmm. uh, and gas, for example, like you can redeem it anywhere, and it's your day to day. It's yeah. not the big lifetime that's, trip that's exactly that you might it. have to earn you know, spend five years earning. Yeah, earning 10,000 points, it sounds like a lot, but it's actually pretty easy to use because especially when you're shopping at those stores on a regular basis. You, you know, to me, I always cringe when I'm in line and someone's and they ask, hey, do you have a points card? And they say, no. It's like, you're shopping here anyways. You're, you're, these points are free. You're Doesn't here cost, twice yeah. a week. Why don't Doesn't you? Doesn't cost you money yeah. to join. Why aren't you using them? So sometimes I want to say, hey, can I, can you scan my card? I, I know you can't. But yes. it's yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I pass my card forward if somebody's there really? uh, or I'll if some yeah I, I will I would like it's like I gotta be a little bit more aggressive yeah me too, me too. <laughs> well it's I'll, like, I'll I'll like I'll have it but much. I've also you know but um yeah that's why I do it and I don't think anyone's ever said no yeah yeah it's like you know you... Or in fact I forgot my card one day mm-hmm. and, the, and the guy behind me said I've got one I said take it because yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah exactly they're yeah. going to waste you might go ahead like use that's, it that's somebody. exactly it. If, if you yeah. can take advantage of points and people who collect PC optimum points realize like you said gas stations gro- groceries drugs are so easy to earn those points right yeah that's true is there a difference um 
an age-related difference? Do, are millennials more or less yeah, yeah. So than it's kind people of our age to earn you know, and redeem points? Millennials, like one-third of millennials, which is uh, said that they prefer to earn points over redeeming, which is slightly higher than the average uh, of Canadians overall. But to me, that's kind of funny. It's like, I get that, you know, you get a rush out of earning points. Maybe it's a formula. It's like, hey, I just got 10,000 points. But at the same time, it's like... Uh, Redeeming points is what you should care about because that's where you actually yeah. get something. But you know, to each their own, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I I think it's far more convenient now that you can put all these in your phone wallet, so you yeah, don't actually. So, so have that's to carry exactly the it. So that's the smart thing about PCM. The app is actually useful because you get those targeted offers and you can mm-hmm. actually see what you've got in your quote unquote bank. Uh, some of these offers, like you said, Christina was talking about. Hey, sometimes you shop on once or twice a week, but if you're not shopping right away, you can push that that coupon per se to the next week so you can use it at a later time which is really nice you can? yeah yeah. yeah. so for people who did not know that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a rain check I love that now you've got all kinds of tips um, and for people who are going yeah you know I should look into this I've kind of not paid attention where can they go to check out your blog yeah my website's mightywehave.com and I'm also on twitter at Barry Choi Perfect. Thank you very much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. The journey to conquer cancer, run or walk, is a grassroots event that brings thousands of people together each year to run or walk in support of life-saving cancer research at the Princess Margaret Cancer Centre. This year's event takes place on Sunday, June 23rd in Vaughan. And joining us now to tell us how to get involved is Keith Clark, the Director of Community Events at the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks so much for having me. Now, last year there were 3,500 participants who helped raise $1.6 million for 78 different areas of cancer research at the Princess Margaret. So is this year looking as good or better? I think we're looking at uh, a better event this year. We've actually, that's, uh, those stats are from our original Toronto event, and we, we did the event in Toronto for six years. And we looked at the data and noticed that we had over 500 participants that were identifying from being from York Region. So we said, well, why don't we bring the event 
to their community and we chose the Court Rights Center and been working with them and we've actually had over 525 registrations for just the Vaughan Walk on the 23rd of June. So it's been an amazing support from the community, from the Vaughan community and, and York Region. Well, how, how many, you said it's been going on six years in, in total in, in Toronto? That's how long ago Correct. it and, and are there, is this the first branch out to a, another location for the walk? It is. So this is the first time we've we've moved into another location. So we still have the Toronto Walk that's happening this uh, yes. this Sunday on Father's Day. And we figured that uh, with such great support in the Vaughan community in York Region that we'd, we'd bring a mini journey to uh, Vaughan and hopefully build it up to, to become thousands of people uh, raising tons of money for the Princess Margaret. That's amazing. So tell us what research this funding is sort of uh, pegged for. So the beauty of this event is when you, when you register, um, you can choose the area of cancer research that means the most to you. Oh, that's amazing. So last year we had 89 different areas of cancer research um, supported. Uh, through the 3,500 people. So far in Vaughan, we have 36 areas, uh, different areas that people have supported. And that's from obscure, rare forms of cancer that you've probably never heard of, uh, myself included, to cancer that we all know uh, much about and, and is, is quite popular and prevalent in people. So it really has been uh, amazing support for, for 36 different areas so far. Well, I don't think most people knew that uh, that uh, the center was doing research in 60, 70, 80 different areas. Yes. I mean, we, we actually treat over 200 different types of cancer, um, from the, like I said, the rarest forms to cancer that are to cancers that are, are more prevalent. So really every dollar is going back to cancer research in the specific areas. The registration fees really just offset the cost of putting on the event. There are no fundraising minimums, but we really do encourage people to raise. Just get off the zero, $20, $30, $40. You'd be surprised if you ask a few people that people will support you. Uh, unfortunately, we're all touched. We all have a story. We're all connected to cancer in one way or another. Uh, this is, uh, I'm probably not going to phrase this question as well as I could, but when we're talking about, you know, people being able to select which area they want to, they want to uh, their money raised to go to, is there a, a clear winner? The, the, you know, is, is breast cancer something that most people are relating to? or Does it change a lot on the scale? It, there, there are many of the same cancers are supported year after year. More of the cancers such as brain cancer, um, a lot of the blood cancers, breast cancer for sure. Um, we actually have a few what we call super teams that have, are, are built by committees that are volunteers and they all have a connection to air, different areas of, of cancer. Right now our biggest team is the multiple myeloma group which um, was it's still it's a type of a bone marrow cancer, and it's not very prevalent. However, there's a very uh, strong group that have got together. They've been doing their own walks, and previous to the journey, for this is their 15th year, and they've raised over five million dollars in those 15 years. They're 560 people strong uh, that come out to the event. So that's our number one funding area. Um, and well, they raise half a million dollars a year. That's amazing. But, but why? I, let me explain why I asked the question. Why I wanted to know because I mean, it, it's 
any amount of money, I understand, is great. But I'm wondering if so many options kind of dilute the amount that goes to one group. I mean, if it, 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 would it be better to combine some of the lower ones, that kind of thing? Or does every dollar count for every research group? Every dollar counts, and every different area of research is somewhat different. There are some that, that kind of correlate. Mm -hmm. But for us, every doctor, every clinic, every group, they need as much money as they can, they can work with for these funds for research and for in-clinic. Um, I, I don't think it dilutes. I think it, it, there's, there's no other event that we do at the Princess Margaret that allows you to fund your specific area. So it actually gives people an outlet that do have these, or, or family members or themselves, uh, that do have these obscure cancers that they can support um, their specific area that isn't well supported overall. So I think it, it's, it's been great for us and it really uh, has attracted many people who had been doing other events for us or um, different things like that and they've said, well, I'd like to support my specific doctor or my specific area and I know that the clinics and the docs have, have really appreciated that because they're supported specifically from patients that are grateful. For everyone out there, you mentioned it is at the Courtright Center. That's where it starts, right? Correct. Where We're is walking. that exactly? So the Courtright Center is in Vaughan, mm -hmm. um, and it is at uh, just up Islington Road, just near Boyd Conservation Area. Okay. Um, almost at Major Ma uh, McKenzie there on off Pine Valley. And it's going to start at 10 a.m. We have opening ceremony starting at 9.30. We have a one-kilometer walk, a three-kilometer walk, and a five-kilometer walk. You can also, we do have a small percentage of people that do run those kilometers. Mm -hmm. So the runners take off first, and then the walkers, most of the families, they kind of leave on second. So if you're uh, elderly, don't think you can do 5K, we do have a 1K option. If uh, you've got an injury or disability, 1K option as well. And uh, for survivors, we, we really noticed a lot of people, that survivors that have gone through treatment, they look at this event as something that's kind of their, they'd like to uh, reach that goal of 1K, 3K, mm -hmm. 5K, either running it if, if they're inclined or walking it with their family to kind of celebrate um, them being a survivor or we do have people doing it in memorial of people. Right. So it's really just an outlet or a platform for people to support the Cancer Center and, and enjoy a, a beautiful, uh, warm, We hope. <laughs> we hope, yeah. Um, before you go, um, are you looking for volunteers? Because uh, I'm sure there are people listening who'd like to get involved, and uh, how can they do that? Yes. So if you'd like to register or volunteer, you can go to www.runorwalk.ca. Mm -hmm. And on the top navigation bar, there's a login for you can either register as a participant or you can, there's another uh, button where you can click volunteer and then it'll have the volunteer shifts that are available. We need as much help as we can get. We're a small uh, events team here at the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation and it's really uh, our team that runs the event with the support of our amazing volunteers. Okay, so now you, you can, as, as you mentioned before, you can support any area of cancer research clinic, lab, or patient care programs, which is, is fantastic. So, uh, Keith Clark, tell us again one more time where people can go to register or sign up to volunteer. Yes, so it's runnerwalk.ca, and 
on the top navigation bar, there's all the information there. You can register or you can volunteer, and, and we do need as many volunteers as we can. And we, have, we love the amazing support from the Vaughan and the and York Region communities. Okay. Well, congratulations for starting in Vaughan. Good choice. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Ann Brody. And this week we're starting off with Late Night. It looks hilarious, is it? You know, I'll tell you something. It's wonderful. And for a little comedy mm-hmm. about women mm-hmm. it's so good it's it's a good movie it's a great movie aside from being a fun comedy yes and it's it's about emma thompson she plays a, a late night talk show host of 30 years who's a real hit and she's very sarcastic and, and they love her but her ratings begin to dip oh it's always a problem <laughs> yeah, yeah for some reason she's disengaged Basically. So her boss comes and says, uh, drops some hints like, you're going to be gone shortly. We're going to replace you. And Mindy Cowling comes in. She has no experience writing comedy. She comes from a chemical factory. She is a warrior. And the two of them join forces eventually after some initial problems. And they just kick butt. It's tremendous. The film also, the performances are great. Mindy Cowling wrote the thing. But the question that you ask yourself at the end is, why are there no female talk show hosts with 30 years' experience now? Why isn't that a case? And why do women not get these huge jobs? So it was... Well, hang on a second. Lily Singh just is the new late night, late, 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 late night talk show host. One. And yeah, but she's she's from Toronto. She's there, from Scarborough. Yeah. yeah. So Isn't I mean, you know, it's, yes. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's, it's changing, but, you know. What about Ellen? Yeah, that's daytime. I'm talking late night. Nighttime, night, the big yeah, late guns, night. You know, well, I mean, didn't uh, oh, what's her name? Tr- the the blonde, Samantha B. No, try to do it, and it wasn't that funny. Oh, yeah, I can't. Uh, you know her name. Her name. See, I do. But know there her should name. be someone there who's been there since the '80s or '90s, having done it, like these other guys, like you know Carson. Why? Anyway, the film is so entertaining, so 
well written and thought out and constructed. You're gonna love it. Okay. What about Hampstead? Hampstead, it's okay. That's Diane Keaton. I she's like Diane. Keaton. I love her. Yeah. She's nutty, and and she's what carries it along. She's a woman who's uh, lives in a very fancy place on Hampstead Heath, and but her husband left her in debt, and so one day she's looking out the uh, window with her binoculars, and she spies a ramshackle shed, and she sees a guy fishing in the river. So he's living in the Heath, rough as they say. It's Brendan Gleeson. So she uh, she's curious. She follows him around. He's about to be evicted because they want to put up condos in Hampstead Heath, which I don't think would ever happen. So they fall in love, and they start an activist program. So it's fun that way. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it goes on a bit further. It's okay. It's what I like to call an okay time waster. An okay oh, time. time waster. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, now, Paris is Burning has been remastered for a, a, a re-release. Yeah, right. Uh, at TIFF, actually. And it's it's uh, opening further across the country. The film was made in 1991, and it was about the underground ballroom drag scene mm-hmm. uh, that started with Hispanics and African Americans. Well, RuPaul says this was an influence on... And on, Madonna, yeah. like the Vogue thing. Yeah. And, of course, Pose today. Mm-hmm. That's the direct descendant of it. Ah. So this is all for Pride Month. Um, and I remember seeing that film in 91 and just being blown away. I'd never seen anything like it. And the house mothers are there. And, of course, Alex is such a huge fan of Pose. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to love it. And so go see it. And it's a snapshot of the 80s and everything that was going on. It wasn't so great then in the 80s with AIDS and everything. So mm. anyway, this sounds a nice uh, spot. This sounds timely. The Lavender Scare. Yeah, very good. Uh, very, very good documentary. That's Quite PBS? chilling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower launched a 40-year witch hunt against mm-hmm. the LGBTQ2 community. He said they could never work in the federal government because they couldn't be trusted with documents Security because they risk, could be, yeah, yeah they could be uh, blackmailed. <laughs> so, I mean, it ruined lives. They had a lot of suicides in the federal government, um, and it went on for 40 years. So, you know, little did he know that he launched the movement. Um, and the reason they're re- releasing it now is because it's the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall bathhouse raid protests. Mm-hmm. So it's very timely and very good, and I recommend seeing it. Quite interesting. Now, so Pride Month means we're seeing lots of films celebrating diverse voices, including Gay Mean Girls, the (laughs) web series. Don't you just want to see it already? (laughs) This is written, it says, and I'm quoting, by queer women of color. Mm-hmm. And based on on the short film of the same same name that went viral on YouTube, that's right in 2015. So yes, what's it so about? Because I missed this, that. This carries out well. It's just the stories of a girl looking, accepting who she is, finding someone to love, and and trying to get into the community. So it it's going to be resonant to a lot of people listening and watching. So it's 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 doing a special screening at TIFF, but it'll be on YouTube. So I you know that's a good deal. That's a good deal. And The Gospel According to Andre. On DVD. This is such a wonderful documentary. He was a fashion, he was the editor-at-large for Vogue for 40 years, and he did interview in Women's Wear Daily and whatnot. Mountain of a man, huge man, very colorful, grew up poor in the South. He found comfort reading Vogue magazine. As we all do. (laughs) (laughs) And then he wound up working there, and he was adored, and he's still at it. He says the cost of having such a busy career is that he never had love. 
Aw. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you, Anne. Lots and to see this Ending week. it on a sad note. And we'll have more on our website. <laughs> we will, but that is it for What She Said this weekend. So thank you very much for listening. And we will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Don't forget to check out whatshesaidtalk.com for more movie reviews and follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. Have a great weekend. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.